2: Hi, it's Amy McNanas here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal audio programme.
3: Arsenal vs Brighton and the Hove Albion. Sunday, May the 23rd, 2021. Kickoff, 4pm. The contents The manager, Mikel Arteta. The captain, Pierre-Americo Aubameyang, Voice of Arsenal. Player feature. Match action Arsenal vs West Bromwich Albion. My story. Convertible currency. 14 times. Community. Match action: Chelsea versus Arsenal. Academy. Arsenal Women. Match action: Arsenal versus Villarreal. Memorial. Canon. 2020 21. Visitors: Brighton and Hove Albion. Match action: Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. And teams.
2: Manager's Notes, Mikel Arteta We have got to the final day still in the fight for Europe, so let's win our game and see where that takes us. The reaction the team have shown since we went out against Villarreal has been really encouraging. The pain in the dressing room from that night still hurts and that's what we have been using in the final games to show everybody and to show ourselves that we could have done better. We said that we are not going to give up that we want to challenge until the very last day and to give Arsenal the chance to be in Europe next season and have that opportunity again to compete at that level. So far we have done that by winning our last four games, but there is still more work to be done. We have to handle that situation. If somebody would have told us in November or December that we could be in the position that we have to have the chance in the last game to qualify for Europe, we'd have said you're crazy. But we're here. With the number of points that we've managed to get in those months, I think we have earned the right to be in this position. Now it's time to deliver on the final day. It was a crucial win for us on Wednesday. We knew we had to win the game, but with the way it was developing, we were running out of time and it looked difficult. But at the end, we found a way to do it. You know that when you go to Selhurst Park, you're going to suffer in periods of the game. I think we controlled large periods of the game, and we played the way we wanted to play. But that domination didn't give us enough chances with the situations that we created. We managed to score the first goal, but then we committed an unnecessary foul and conceded from it. After that, we started to give balls away and started to play the game that they wanted to play, where everything was about the jewels, the long balls, the second balls, set pieces, and there we are in trouble. I think with the changes we made, we managed to get a little bit away from that game and get back to some control. We started to play much more in the final third, and Gabby made a really good action to score the goal. We all know Gabby's mentality and approach to the game and on Wednesday he took his chance. He has to grab every opportunity and he's always eager for more. He's very close to starting in this side. He needs to keep fighting to be closer and closer. They are earning the right to play and it's a joy to work with them and watch their development.
1: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: I thought Nico did really well against Palace as well. It's my feeling, and it's everybody's feeling in the coaching staff, and his own feeling, that he's come a long way this season. He hasn't had the consistency sometimes in the game time. But I think in Europe he's been terrific, and in the Premier League he's started to show much more what he's like, and he's very hungry. I think he's changed a lot in his mentality and his willingness to do much more. He has a serious mindset. He wants to look at every action, he wants to look at every post match reflection we do with him individually. He wants to work, and he wants to be the best. And when that happens, and he has the talent that he has, I think it's a really good mixture. I want to mention Roy Hodgson as well, and I thought it was great to have the fans in for them to say goodbye to him at the stadium. It was emotional and totally deserved for him. His career has been absolutely incredible, and it wasn't about that game. It was about his whole time in management and everything he's achieved. You saw me on the touchline at the end. You saw how happy I was with those late goals because they mean so much. And also, when you're able to win a game in the last minute, it's extra pleasing because it shows how much my team want it and how much they believe up to their last whistle. Let's not waste that work today. We know, unfortunately, that it's not in our hands, but that means we need to forget about everything else that we can't control. Just focus on ourselves, win our game, and then hope. Brighton showed in the week with their win over Man City what a strong side they are. They are in a good run and we'll have confidence coming here today. We know only a very strong performance will get us the result. And we have got a huge helping hand today by having you, our fans, back alongside us in the stadium. You saw the importance of that on Wednesday. It was touching just being in the dressing room before the game at Selhurst Park. Just listening to them singing, creating an atmosphere. This is how we've grown up, and as a player... There's nothing better than that. And that was the opposition fans. So I'm sure with our own fans behind us today, you will support the team and create again that strong connection that we really need. I can't tell you how important it is to have you all on board with us, to have you really behind the team, because I'm sure we're going to have some really great moments together. So welcome back home, get behind the boys and enjoy the game.
0: Pierre The first thing I want to say is I can't wait to see and hear our fans back inside the stadium again this afternoon. I've missed that so much. The energy that you give us all, the atmosphere, the feeling around the pitch. I'm the guy who really needs that and I'm so happy that some of you can come back today. It was great to have the atmosphere on Wednesday. Even if we were playing away, you could see on the pitch that the home supporters really gave Palace a lift throughout the game. It gave them the extra motivation, definitely, and they made it really tough for us in the game, especially after they got the equaliser. I thought we started well, and we should have scored a few more goals because we were controlling the game. It was a great move for the first goal, and that's what we work on the training. So, always pleasing when we can do it in those games. And it was another great finish from Nico. But after Palace score, we found it tough, and they defended really well, I thought. We kept going though, we spoke before the game about doing everything we can to get into Europe until it becomes impossible for us, we want to do our talking on the pitch. So we have no option but to give everything until the end of the season. I thought the team played really well in our last game here to beat West Brom and then the victory against Chelsea was all about the hard work and commitment. We all worked for each other, defended as a unit from the front to the back and we got rewarded. Sometimes in a season you need performances and games like that. You may not get the chances and you have to take one if you do. And that's what happened at Chelsea. We made the most of their mistake. A pass to Emil, and he did the rest. From then on it was a bit about organised and working for each other and putting the team first. We wanted to keep that going at Palace and that's what may be why we were able to find something right at the end. It was a great pass from Martin to find Gabby at the far post. And you saw how much it meant to us all in the celebrations. Then Nico scored another. And what a goal that was too. He's been fantastic for us lately. And he's scored some really big goals too. He's showing how important he is. Now we have one game left. And it's up to us to get the win. To give us a chance of getting back into Europe next season. Personally, I'm ready to give everything to make that happen. I spoke in my last programme notes about taking responsibility in the big games. And that's what I want to do. I know the team looks to me to get the goals and I want to repay that faith. It's been a really difficult season for so many reasons. But if we can just finish with a win today and if other results go well for us, then we can still have something to celebrate this afternoon. But more importantly, it will give us something to build on next season. We have shown a good reaction after losing in the Europa League because as you can imagine, the results hit us hard. They were focused on that trophy all season, so to lose out in a way that we did really hurt us. We have responded since then, and we can take that positive momentum into next season too. I saw on social media that we have taken the second most points in the Premier League since Christmas, and that tells you what we are capable of, and what we are moving, and that's in the right direction. As I said, it's been a difficult season for me personally, so I am determined to finish strongly this afternoon. I also want to keep up my record of scoring on the last day of the season, which I have done every year since I've been here so far. It can make a big difference to our summer if we can go away knowing we gave everything we could until the very last minute. So, that's our aim today, and to have some of you back here behind us will only make us stronger. We've missed having you here so much, and I can't wait to hear that noise inside the stadium once again this afternoon. On behalf of the whole team, thanks for your support.
4: Voice of Arsenal Congratulations Dennis Dennis Bergkamp has been inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame The legendary Dutch striker becomes the sixth player to be named joining his former Invincibles teammate Thierry Henry alongside Alan Shearer, Roy Keane, Eric Cantona and Frank Lampard Bergkamp scored 87 goals in 315 Premier League appearances for us after signing from Inter Milan in 1995, including arguably the greatest strike in Premier League history with his pirouette and finish at Newcastle in 2002. He also claimed 94 Premier League assists, a club record. Known as the Iceman, Bergkamp flourished under Arsene Wenger and was a central figure as we won Premier League titles in 1998, 2002 and, of course, the Invincibles in 2004. I'm extremely proud if people say I was one of the first foreign players who added something to the English game, Dennis told PremierLeague.com. The Premier League most definitely made me a better player. From the moment I arrived in England, I embraced the English mentality and passion for football. It suited me and my style of play. Playing every game against good and tough opponents meant I improved all the time. I enjoyed every minute of it. Voice of Arsenal Today's programme For those of you attending today's match, we hope you enjoy the complimentary programme and also the extra 1970-71 stroke double publication. This special memento was originally created in a bespoke format for the players and families of the 1970-71 Stroke squad to celebrate the 50-year anniversary. In all, 71 of those high-spec versions were printed. We subsequently thought that our supporters would also like to reminisce about such a special campaign, so have created a magazine version for those fans attending the match today. Everyone at the programme would like to thank all supporters for continuing to purchase the publication through the pandemic. Primarily via mail order. Let's hope normal match day service will be resumed in August. Remember, every programme this season, men and women's, is available on Arsenal Direct in the memorabilia section if you are missing any for your collection. The men's issues are priced at £5 including postage, the women's £4. Lastly, we are already planning next season's issue and often the best ideas come from you, the fans. If you have any ideas for features that could run across a whole season, email us at programme at arsenal.co.uk. Arsenal to play Hibernian. We're pleased to announce we will visit Easter Road on Tuesday, July 13th to play Hibernian in a pre-season friendly. The match will kick off at 6pm. The game against the Scottish Cup finalists comes a few days before our already confirmed pre-season fixture, against Rangers on Saturday July 17th and forms part of a training camp for our men's first team squad in Edinburgh. The training camp will run from Monday July 12th through to the Rangers game. Hibbs, featuring former gunner Matt Macy, finished the Scottish Premier League season strongly and played in the Scottish Cup final against St Johnston yesterday and Mikel Arteta recognises the challenge north of the border. The matches against Hibs and Rangers will be good tests for us and we're looking forward to playing against two strong opponents. Pre-season is an important time for the squad and we're delighted to have this organised early so we can get the most out of the two matches and the week-long training camp. Due to current restrictions relating to the coronavirus pandemic, away fans will not be able to attend the matches against Hibs and Rangers. More information, including how our supporters can watch the games, will be released in due course. Always together, the Arsenal Disabled Supporters Association, ADSA, contacted us recently to tell us about their new banner. We have produced a banner with photos of our members, and would like to thank Sam at the Cannon who've produced the artwork, and Mark Brindle, Arsenal SLO, for his help. There has been a great deal of negativity and online abuse recently, aimed at not only the players, but also the club. ADSA wanted to show their support for the team and the club by having the slogan, Always Together. Let us all get behind the team by cheering them on. For more on ADSA, please go to www.arsenaldisabledsupporters.co.uk Arsenal Remembers Jeetan Patel A lifelong gooner who came to the end of his game at the premature age of 40. A true gentleman, missed by all who knew him. Now he has the best seat to watch his beloved Arsenal. Godfrey Charles Lowen. Passed away, May second twenty 2021, age 72. An Arsenal fan his whole life. He loved the club through and through and took me to my first game at Highbury in 1983. Very sadly missed. Love Jamie, son, Sarah, daughter, and brother Richard David Oakenfold fifty eight years ago taken suddenly. David leaves behind his wife Julie and children Mitchell, Guy and Fay, sadly missed by all the family, friends, and especially his arsenal loving cousins. Michael Otolunde Fadeumi july twenty ninth, nineteen eighty two, april twenty ninth, 2021 Your life was a blessing Your memory a treasure You are loved beyond words And missed beyond measures To a real life hero Father, brother and son Rest in peace, Tunde You'll forever be missed But never forgotten Wayne Berry A lifelong Arsenal fan Taken too soon from us A heart of gold One of the kindest men Always putting others before himself Long live Wazer Love, Jude, Carly, Fleur, Nadine, Melissa, Bailey and Jamie. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Notice Board. Wishing Imogen Zara Smith a very happy 14th birthday. With love from Mummy, Daddy, Granny, Grandad, Uncle Ray and Rufus. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Totalizer, £838. Note. Donations for appearing on the Notice Board. Welcome to St. Anne's. Arsenal Football Club are delighted to welcome a number of staff and residents from St Anne's Nursing Home in Finsbury Park to this afternoon's game. We're very thankful for your incredible work and for the sacrifices you have made to help others during this most difficult year. Thank you, David. Today marks a very special occasion for our company secretary, David Miles. This afternoon's game is his last as a full-time employee as he retires from his role after 50 years' loyal service. David's last day is in fact on the 50th anniversary of joining the club, June 28th, 2021, having arrived when we were basking in the glory of our first double. That was an achievement relished by Arsenal mad David, as have been all of the 28 trophies we have won during his time with the club. David started with us in the club shop in 1966, working with Jack Kelsey, and after 18 months moved into the box office, being promoted to box office manager on his 21st birthday. In 1983, he became assistant to club secretary Ken Fryer, and when Mr Fryer became managing director in 1996, David assumed the role of club and company secretary. In his 25 years in that role, he has helped guide the club as it has grown significantly and the footballing landscape has changed beyond all recognition, including the advent of the Premier League, the challenges of regular European competition, and the small matter of a stadium move across the borough. His calmness, clarity and organisation in a very complex role has been invaluable to Arsenal Football Club, and our longest-serving member of staff is not only hugely admired at Arsenal, he is one of the most respected figures in the game as a whole. David's love of the gunners remains undimmed, and he won't be leaving us entirely. He will still be fulfilling a match-day role in the directors box where he has represented Arsenal in such exemplary fashion with the great and the good of the game over many years. Speaking to the matchday program earlier this week, Life President Ken Fryer gave his thoughts on a great colleague and friend. I interviewed David for his position when he was sixteen. And over the subsequent 50 years, I can tell you that he has demonstrated the most remarkable loyalty I have ever known in a person. A truly wonderful servant for Arsenal Football Club, he really does have Arsenal blood running through his veins and has illustrated total dedication to this club. Many a time David would have returned home in the middle of the night, often from European games, where he has flown the flag for us so wonderfully only to be working at his desk before 8am the following morning. He has been an excellent company secretary, possessing the many and varied qualities required for that position, and is hugely respected within the game. And above all, David's a great guy. I am delighted we will still see David on match days, and his wife Sue, who he met during their time working in the box office. I shall be there on June 28th to celebrate his 50-year anniversary and to thank him for providing such magnificent service to Arsenal Football Club. Arsenal are electric. The Match day programme recently caught up with Sustainability and Logistics Manager Mike Lloyd to hear about the installation of new electric vehicle chargers at Emirates Stadium. Can you tell us a bit about the new initiative with Octopus Energy? We have worked with our official energy partner, Octopus Energy, to install three 7KW electric vehicle chargers in our stadium car park, offering 100% renewable electricity to electric vehicle drivers on match days and for events at Emirates Stadium. These chargers are 100% compatible with all electric vehicles. How does the installation of these chargers with Octopus Energy align with the wider sustainability goals of the club. Arsenal and Octopus Energy have been working together for more than five years to make the club more sustainable. We are always striving to improve our infrastructure, to support our sustainability objectives and this project with Octopus is the latest in a long line of initiatives the club is undertaking. With the support of Octopus, in 2016 we became the first Premier League club to switch to 100% green electricity and together we have planted 500 trees at our London Colney Training Centre, adding to the thousands of trees we have planted since 1999 to create Colney Wood. These are just a couple of the examples of the work we are doing with our partners in this space. Why is it important that Arsenal and Octopus Energy are making these provisions for electric cars within the stadium? From a practical point of view, the installation of the chargers is very important to ensure we cater for our fans as electric vehicles become more widely used. As a Premier League football club with a huge global following, it's also crucial that we use our platform to promote green practices, inspire our communities and push each other towards a more sustainable future. This is just the beginning, and hopefully as the number of electric vehicles on the roads increase, we can match that with the facilities here at Emirates Stadium. To celebrate the new charges, Arsenal Under-15's goalkeeper Alexei Rogers Fedorashenko interviewed first-team members Hector Bellerin, Pablo Mari and Bernd Leno about their views on sustainability, green energy and protecting the environment. Find out more at arsenal.com forward slash sustainability. Goodbye and good luck. Everyone at Arsenal would like to wish Chris Harris and Connor Armstrong well as they move on to pastures new from the club's media team. Chris has worked for Arsenal for close to 20 years, from the fledgling days of Arsenal.com, progressing to his current role as the club's managing editor. His knowledge of the game, journalistic excellence and approachability have made Chris a hugely popular and respected colleague. Connor, our social media producer, has been with the club for five years, in two spells after a brief flirtation with Liverpool FC, and has been a driving force behind much of the club's social media output. Like Chris, Connor is also a very talented journalist and respected greatly by his colleagues. Thank you both for your outstanding contributions to Arsenal Football Club. Good luck for the future. Coming soon, my Arsenal rewards. For the 2021-22 season, we are proud to introduce My Arsenal Rewards, our new rewards programme exclusively available to our members. Members will be able to earn My Arsenal Rewards points for their interactions with the club, such as purchasing tickets and attending matches. They can then turn their points into exclusive Arsenal-related rewards, prizes and money-can't-buy experiences. Ahead of the 2021-22 season, all members will receive an upgraded My Arsenal Rewards membership card, which will work as an electronic matchday ticket, a rewards card and a payment card. The payment feature on your new My Arsenal Rewards card is powered by Pingit from Barclays. Once payment is activated, the card can be used for online and offline purchases at Emirates Stadium all club stores and anywhere that accepts visa as a payment method. Please note, you will be able to pay for goods and services with your My Arsenal Rewards membership card wherever you see the visa sign, online and in store. To activate your membership card for Pingit for clubs, you must be 16 or older and a UK resident who is solely resident in the UK for tax purposes. A UK personal current account is required to register for Pingit for clubs. If you choose not to activate your card for payment, your membership card will still provide access to your club. Terms and conditions apply. My Arsenal Rewards will also enable members to earn points by spending at several affiliated high street and online brands, which will be announced soon. If you're an Arsenal member, Keep a look out for more information about my Arsenal rewards coming soon. Arsenal, League Champions: nineteen thirty stroke thirty one, nineteen thirty two stroke thirty three, nineteen thirty three stroke thirty four, nineteen thirty four stroke thirty five, nineteen thirty seven stroke thirty eight, nineteen forty seven stroke forty eight, nineteen fifty two stroke fifty three, nineteen seventy stroke seventy one. 1988 stroke eighty-nine, nineteen ninety stroke ninety-one, nineteen ninety-seven stroke 98, 2001 stroke 02, 2003 stroke zero four. FA Cup winners nineteen thirty, nineteen thirty-six, nineteen fifty, nineteen 1936, 2002, 2003. 2005 2014 2015 2017 2020 League cup winners 1986 stroke 87 1992 stroke 93 charity stroke community shield winners 1930 1931 1933 1934 1938 1948 1953, 1991, shared. 1998, 1999, 2002, 2004, 2014, 2015, 2017, 2020. Fairs Cup winners. 1969, stroke 70. European Cup Winners Cup winners. 1993, stroke 94. FA Youth Cup winners nineteen ninety six nineteen seventy one nineteen eighty eight nineteen ninety four two thousand two thousand and one two thousand and nine arsenal football club seventy five drayton park london n five one b u telephone o two oh seven six one nine five thousand website www dot arsenal dot com email program at arsenal.co.uk Twitter at AFC Program Directors Lord Harris of Peckham Stan Krunker, Josh Krunker, Tim Lewis Secretary David Miles Life President Ken Fryer OBE Chief Executive Officer Vinay Venkatesham Technical Director Edu Manager Mikel Arteta Ref Watch John Moss from Yorkshire is refereeing his fourth Arsenal game of the season this evening. He was on duty for our 1-0 home defeats against Manchester City and Everton and the eventful match at the London Stadium when we came back from 3-0 down to draw 3-3 with West Ham. A very experienced official, John is in his 11th season as a Premier League referee. Next season. The highest we can finish this season is 7th which would be enough to qualify for the UEFA Europa Conference League next season. For that to happen, we must win and hope that both Tottenham and Everton fail to win, against Leicester and Manchester City respectively. If Arsenal were to qualify, we would enter the ECL at the playoff round, played over two legs on August 19th and 26th. The competition then follows the same format as the Europa League, with games played on Thursdays. The final will be held in Tirana, Albania on May 25th and the winners earn a place in the following season's Europa League. As for the Premier League, next season starts on the weekend of Saturday August the 14th and will conclude on Sunday May 22nd. The fixture list will be published on Wednesday June 16th at 9 a.m. Thank you David Lewis. After 2 seasons with Arsenal It was confirmed this week that David Luiz will leave the club when his contract expires at the end of the campaign. Miguel Arteta worked closely with the Brazil International and says his influence on and off the pitch will be missed. He is a player that has won everything in football and has earned every right to do so because of who he is as a player and as a person. I had the privilege to work with him for 18 months, which I really enjoyed. We got on really well. We had some great moments together. He has been really helpful, someone that we really like and appreciate so much. So I just say thank you to him and wish him the best of luck in his next chapter because I am sure, knowing David, that he will have many more to come as a player and in the future somehow related to the game. When you get to know the person, continued Mikel, his background, where he was raised in Brazil, What he's done to get to this point is remarkable. Then you understand a lot of these things have happened for a reason. It's not just an ability, a quality or determination. It's many other factors. I've really enjoyed learning from him. He's been very helpful every time with the team. And I feel sadness as well because you get attached to the players emotionally. First it's the player that we have to get to the maximum out of. And then it's the person When it gets to these stages, it's tough and it hurts, because that relationship is now going to be going away, at least in this space of not seeing him every day. Again, I have to say thank you to him.
3: Player feature, Kieran when Kieran Tierney pulled up with a knee injury against Liverpool on April the 3rd, the left-back immediately began to fear the worst. Was his season over? Was his participation at the Euros now in doubt? But KT took exactly the same level of determination and total commitment that he displays on the pitch every game into his rehab. And with the help and expertise of the medical team, he managed to come back well ahead of schedule, missing just one month of action in the end. In fact, his comeback was accelerated even more at the very last hurdle, when he was thrown in to the starting line-up at virtually the last minute, after Granite Xhaka picked up an injury in the warm-up prior to the Europa League semi-final second leg at home to Villarreal. Ultimately, his night ended in disappointment as we narrowly failed to make it to the final. It was, admitted Kieran, the biggest disappointment of his career to date, but he is already looking to the future, and the return of fans today can help herald a positive fresh start for the team, not to mention Scotland's first appearance at a major international tournament since 1998, coming up next month as well. The matchday programme caught up with our 23-year-old fullback at the start of the week to discuss his injury and comeback, while taking a look at what the next few months might hold. How are you feeling at the moment? Are you totally over the injury now? No, not totally. I'd say I've just done well to get back on the pitch already. Firstly, I thought it was going to be about six weeks, but with the help of the medical team... I was back playing again at four and a half, which was really quick, so I'm still feeling it here and there, but I'm nearly back fully. How did you manage to get back so quickly? How hard were you working to get back sooner? Well, the physios were brilliant with me, especially Jordan Reese and Sam Wilson, our sports scientist. The two of them worked closely with me every day, They pushed me to the boundaries every time and helped me through as there were some tough days when my knee was extra sore. They kept pushing me and kept my spirits up and got me back on the pitch. You said six weeks, but did you fear your season was over, maybe the Euros at first? Yes, that's obviously your first thought, that I will miss the rest of the season, and if I'd done that, then I would miss the Euros as well, probably. So you always think the worst, because it was terrible timing. But again, thanks to the rehab and the medical team, I was back in plenty of time. Talk us through what happened for your comeback, when you were drafted into the side to face Villarreal at the 11th hour. So, on the Wednesday, the day before, that was the first day I had joined in training with the team. I had that one session and felt okay, but still wasn't sure if I would make the squad. But then I was told I was on the bench and might be able to get 10 or 15 minutes, depending on what happened in the game. Or if not, just to be in the squad and be part of it. So then I was doing the pre-match warm-up with Callum Chambers and went back inside at the very end after the shooting practice, still thinking I wasn't playing. Then I was in the dressing room and one of the coaches told me that Granite might be injured so I could be needed. So I warmed up but didn't think much of it expecting him to be fine. Then about three or four minutes before the game I was told I was starting. I was obviously buzzing to be playing but a bit nervous at the same time because it was my first game back and I'd only had one training session. But I had to do it I put my body on the line and risked everything for the team. We didn't get the result at the end, but on a personal fitness level, it was encouraging for me to get through the game without any setbacks. How did you approach the game? Did you have to play within yourself at all? No, the thing was I was taking Granite's role, and the game plan had been with him starting, of course. Normally, I play high and wide, but with Granite. The plan was for him to be sitting back a bit more. So I had to take on that position, because there wasn't time to change the game plan. It was a straight swap, so it was a slightly different position to what I maybe usually have, and that's why I was a bit more defensive than usual, because I never play within myself. I always go in for all the challenges and stuff like that. As you say, though, it was a disappointing result and one that leaves us facing up to the prospect of no European football next season. Yes, it will be the first season in my career I've not been in Europe and the first time at Arsenal for a long, long time as well, so it's obviously not something we want to have against us or something we make a habit of. So if it does happen... We need to give 100% for the fans and for the club to make sure it was just a one-off and it doesn't happen again any time soon. The Europa League trophy had become our big priority, so how difficult was it to deal with that result? It was obviously a huge disappointment, and to be honest, probably the biggest of my career so far. It was a big roller coaster of emotions from being on the bench, to starting the game, and then not going through. There were a load of emotions after the game, we were all very down, of course. Just a really sad night, so deflating. We're a group that wants to win, so it's so hard to take moments like that. The way we bounce back in the next couple of games, though, shows me that we're still fighting. That's all we can do at the moment. It's easy to talk and say what you want to do, but to go on the pitch and show it against the Champions League finalists is what matters more and it gives us hope for the future. And with the Euros just around the corner, is that an extra motivation for you? Well, of course, I want to go into that competition fully fit, fully confident and with games under my belt. But, to be honest, The first priority is to finish the season strongly with Arsenal. How confident are you about Scotland's prospects at the Euros? Yeah, we've got a good group of players with a good manager, and it's something the country needed for a long time, a good group who can qualify for a major tournament. But now we have done that, we don't want to stop there. Of course we are pleased with what we've done, but we don't want to rest on that. We want to make ourselves proud and most importantly, the country proud now when we get there. That England game on June the 18th will be huge too. Yes, it's a massive game and as a Scotland player, it doesn't come much bigger than playing in an international tournament against England. It's huge for both sides. Of course, England will start as favourites, as tournament favourites probably, but emotions will be high, so anything can happen. Of course, I could be up against Bukeo, but to be honest, I'm looking forward to it, whoever I'm up against, because they are all world-class players. Finally, how pleased are you to be able to play in front of fans again at the Emirates today? For sure, I can't wait because the fans have been brilliant for well over a year now, through everything that has gone on in the world, and have stayed behind us even when they haven't been able to get in the stadiums to support us. I think if the team and the fans can be together again, then it can start something special, hopefully from next season. It's nearly impossible to keep the connection that we need to have with the fans when they can't be inside the stadium. The way I've tried to maintain the connection with the fans is by trying to give 100% every single time I play and trying to represent them on the pitch. It's hard though when you don't get to see them every weekend so all I can do is give everything I have out on the pitch. But it will be great to have them here so we can show how much we appreciate that support. Are you looking ahead already to next season? when hopefully we will be at full capacity again. Yeah, it will be brilliant. It's obviously going to be a big summer for the club. We can hopefully start fresh and have a really positive start next season. We've got a good team and a great manager, so going forward, if we have all our fans back in a full stadium, you never know what can happen. It's about being positive, looking to the future, and all sticking together. Kieran Tierney born june the 5th 1997 Douglas, isle of man joined arsenal from Celtic august the 8th 2019 previous clubs Celtic debut versus nottingham forest home league cup september the 24th 2019 5 nil first goal versus watford home league july 26 2020 3 2 scotland camps 19
2: Premier League match day 35 7pm Sunday May the 9th at the Emirates Stadium Arsenal 3 West Bromwich Albion 1 First half It took some time to get going and in fact it was the visitors who twice went closest in the early stages through the dangerous Matthias Pereira. We soon began to assert our dominance, with Bukayo Saka influential on the left, and on the half-hour mark it was no surprise that our opening goal was created by him. Following patient build-up play, Saka looked up and picked out Emil Smith-Rowe, who had raced into the box and volleyed in on the run with his left foot. Five minutes later, we doubled the advantage. Callum Chambers, enjoying another eye-catching display, fed Nicholas Pepe, who cut inside and curled a sensational strike into the top left-hand corner. We had further chances to add to our advantage before the break through Gabriel Martinelli, Chambers and Saka. Second half. We continued to pile forward after the interval, But out of the blue, the baggies pulled one back when Pereira raced at our defence and fired a low shot into the corner. The goal offered the visitors hope and we had some nervy moments during the closing stages. But in the 90th minute, Willian stepped up to curl a free kick into the top corner to wrap up the win, open his account for the club and relegate Sam Allardyce's side in the process. (laughs)
0: our story the arsenal Arsenal Foundation. foundation the work of the arsenal foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways the arsenal foundation emergency covid fund has helped a huge number of local charities provide food shelter and support during the pandemic and this is what else the arsenal foundation has been doing to help our community The COVID-19 pandemic quickly brought our usual face-to-face delivery to a halt, But it was vital to ensure that even though we were physically apart from our community, we were still able to support them. From the outset, we worked closely with our local councils in Camden, Islington and Hackney. We wanted to play our part in making the machine move faster. It was clear that food poverty was an urgent focus, the long-standing relationships we built up with our local councils and the charity His Church meant that we could respond quickly on a large scale. His Church specialises in providing charitable solutions for residential stock and we partnered with them since 2016. In April 2020, our first delivery of 30,000 meals arrived in Islington. Our deliveries then expanded to include other essentials such as toilet paper, shower gel, sanitary products as well as sustenance to local hospitals and support staff working in full PPE. The project soon became a collective endeavour of the wider Arsenal family. Mustafi donated 16,000 meals on his 28th birthday whilst the 100 Club made a donation too. There's also a large-scale support from fans and the Arsenal Vision podcast rallied listeners to donate £10,000 to fund another delivery. Arsenal in the community staff have been volunteering to unpack and organise deliveries and by May they had replacements as students from our Kicks programmes were trained and enrolled by Islington Council to support distributing the food. Then, working with our stadium management team, we turned the Emirates concourse into a pantry to host Islington's food distribution centre from June right the way through till August. Then we started delivering food and emergency supplies to our local boroughs. We didn't have a target or a timeline in mind. We were simply responding to the needs of the community and we had agreed to do so until that need was met. Our support grew from the wider Arsenal family. We realised that our impact was providing vital support to the community and bringing people together. To date, we have delivered 521,428 free meals into Camden, Islington and Hackney, which equates to around... 219 tons of food whilst we hope we will never have to provide such a service again we are not naive to the fact that the food poverty remains a huge issue as a result of our covid 19 response we've been invited to join the islington food poverty network and we're exploring the possibility of setting up a local f- food cooperative as a more sustainable solution the cooperatives will pull buying power and purchase direct from suppliers to provide the community with food and more affordable prices. We hope this initiative will become a long-lasting legacy of Arsenal's community response to COVID-19. Convertible
4: currency. Football historian John Sperling looks at the evolution of Arsenal players' positions past and present. Van on the move. The vibe surrounding the prodigiously gifted young Feyenoord left winger, Robin van Percy was sensational. Manager Bert van Marvik explained, Robin is such an amazing footballer. He hardly needs any space or time to become dangerous. After a troubled 2003-2004 campaign, during which the player and his manager regularly clashed, Arsenal swooped to sign him for a bargain £2.75 million, just over half of Feyenoord's original asking price. Gunners-Both Arsene Wenger insisted, Robin has touch and anticipation, and he will be able to play in any offensive position for Arsenal. He can play on the left side of midfield as a creative player behind the main strikers or as a target man. Wenger later revealed that it was always his plan to convert his new signing into a centre forward, and during his eight season tenure in N5, the Dutchman excelled in multiple roles up front for the club. Keen to blood his new signing in slowly, Wenger deployed Van Persie as a supporting forward during Cup matches in the 2004 2005 campaign, and he scored his first Gunners' goal in a 2-1 win away at Manchester City in October. Van Persie replaced Dennis Bergkamp as lone striker to score twice as a substitute in the 3-0 FA Cup semi-final win against Blackburn at the Millennium Stadium. Both were opportunist strikes, sublimely executed and Wenger enthused, here I think that perhaps we see the future, with Robin able to operate very strongly as a lone striker when the occasion demands. For the next two campaigns, the Dutchman operated as supporting striker to Thierry Henry and scored what Wenger described as the goal of a lifetime against Charlton at the Valley when he volleyed home spectacularly from 30 yards. After Thierry Henry departed in 2007, Van Percy assumed the role as Arsenal's main striker and after Emmanuel Adebayor left for Manchester City in 2009, he frequently operated as the main man in Wenger's 4-3-3 system. Although a succession of injuries regularly interrupted his progress, Van Percy flourished and grew more prolific as time went by. In the 2010-11 season, he hit a hot streak early in the new year, scoring his first career hat-trick against Wigan, and a brace of goals against both Wolves and Newcastle United. The ten goals he plundered between January 1st and February 12th set a new Premier League record for the most goals scored in the first two months of a calendar year. In the 2011-2012 stroke campaign, with Van Persie finally injury-free and frequently operating as a lone striker, his goal-to-game ratio improved further. His litany of goals that season lives long in the memory. The Dutchman destroyed Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in October, scoring a hat-trick as Arsenal ran out 5-3 winners. Arguably the pick of the bunch was his final goal, when he latched on to a Mikel Arteta pass and slammed the ball past Petr Cech from a tight angle. From Alex Song's lofted pass, Van Persie volleyed home superbly to win the game against Everton as Arsenal celebrated their 125th birthday at the Emirates Stadium in December. In late February, with Arsenal needing a win over Tottenham to close the gap on the top four, Van Persie's bewitching turn and curling shot drew the two sides level and inspired Arsenal's stirring second-half display, which saw Wenger's men run out 5-2 winners. At Anfield, a few weeks later, an emphatic header from Buckery-Sagner's cross and a coruscating left-foot volley in the ninety-second minute, saw Arsenal win the match 2-1, with Arsenal qualifying for the Champions League. Van Persie had signed off at the club; he joined Man United that summer, with a 30-goal Premier League haul, scoring 132 goals in all for the club. After a spell at Fenerbahce in Turkey, he returned home to Feyenoord for a final season in 2018-2019, before moving into coaching and he is currently an assistant manager at his boyhood club. In a career that even saw Van Percy turn out in central midfield on several occasions, Arsene Wenger once claimed that the Dutchman was one of the most versatile and positionally aware players of the modern era. Captain's Calling The Glamorgan-born Dave Bowen arrived at Highbury in 1950 from Northampton Town as a left winger, but was soon converted to a deeper wing half with manager Tom Whittaker believing that Joe Mercer's illustrious career was winding down. In fact, due to Mercer's longevity, he skivered the club to the league title in 1953. Bowen had to wait patiently, appearing only sporadically until 1954, when Mercer retired. Bowen's impassioned performances in the number no. six shirt throughout the mid to late 50s made him a crowd favorite and Bowen was deservedly made skipper during the 1957-58 campaign. In a period when Arsenal failed to recapture the glory of previous eras, Bowen's whole-hearted approach was one of the few consolations for Gunners fans.
3: 14 Times Eddie's Shirt First Last August, we lifted the FA Cup for a record extending 14th time. But it's not just our rich, illustrious history and football's oldest knockout competition that is synonymous with the number 14. The club has many other links with the number, and we conclude our series by looking at the first time an Arsenal player wore 14. Before squad numbers were introduced, The number fourteen shirt was first worn by a substitute. Typically, the second player introduced that game. Substitutions were first brought into the English League in nineteen sixty-five to sixty-six, and for the first two seasons, each team were only allowed a maximum of one sub per game, and only then when a player was injured. Alan Skirton became our first ever sub wearing the number twelve shirt. 11 games into the 65-66 to campaign, when he replaced John Samuels during a 1-1 draw at home to Northampton on September twenty-eighth, 1965. Two subs were not allowed in league football until 1987, but two replacements had been permitted in European football much earlier than that. The first time Arsenal called up two substitutes in a game, and the first time a player had sported the number fourteen shirt for us was in the Fairs Cup first round first leg match at home to Northern Irish side Glentoran on September the ninth, nineteen sixty-nine. Sammy Nelson had already come on for Bob McNabb before Bertie Mee then introduced Eddie Kelly with David Court making way. Kelly, aged eighteen, had made his debut just three days earlier, at home to Sheffield Wednesday in the league, also as a sub for court. He went on to have a long, successful Gunners career, and his experience as a sub came in handy. He became the first player ever to score off the bench in an FA Cup final, netting our equaliser against Liverpool in 1971 as we completed the double. The previous year he scored in the first cup final against Anderlecht as we won our first ever European honour. It was still very rare for a team to make two subs during a game right through until the late 1980s. The first sub took the 12 shirt and the second took number 14, as the superstitious usually wanted to avoid number 13. It was when substitute goalkeepers became commonplace that the number thirteen shirt was used more often since squad numbers were introduced in nineteen ninety three to four, we have had a number fourteen play for us every season except two thousand and seven to eight. Following Thierry Henry's departure, it happened on the fourteenth October the fourteenth nineteen ninety five, Leeds 0, Arsenal three, in one of Bruce Rioch's early games in charge. Dennis Bergkamp scored his first away goal for the club as he began to show he had settled into life in London. Rio's eight-game unbeaten start to life at Highbury had ended in the previous league game against Chelsea, but following a 5-0 thumping of Hartlepool in the League Cup, we turned in an excellent performance to see off Leeds. Paul Merson scored from long distance at the end of the first half, then Burkham flicked home the second before Ian Wright rounded off the scoring with an excellent chip over John Lukic.
0: Community. Arsenal Gappers 2020-21. 17 participants from Islington, the UK and beyond joined the club in October as part of the Arsenal Gap programme ready to undertake a journey that would see them gain qualifications, knowledge and experience leading and supporting sessions across Arsenal community projects. Despite a heavy, disrupted year, the group have shown a real commitment to make the most of the opportunity to develop themselves and have helped to make a real difference in the community. Thank you to all the Arsenal Gap programme participants for your hard work. This season. If you would like more information on our gap year, please contact Adam at ahenry at arsenal. Premier League match day
2: thirty-six, eight fifteen PM, Wednesday, May the twelfth, at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea nil, Arsenal one. First half. Pablo Mari, one of our three centre-halves in a new-look formation, was caught in possession to gift Chelsea an early chance. Kai Havertz nicked the ball off the Spaniards' toes to race away on goal, but he blazed over when one-on-one. It was Chelsea's turn to hand out the gifts next, though. Jorginho's wayward back pass put Kepa in difficulty. The keeper managed to palm away from his own goal line, but Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was lurking to pull the loose ball back to Emile Smith-Rowe and his low shot squirmed in off the post. Rob Holding made a superb close-range block from Mason Mount's shot to keep us ahead, but Chelsea kept knocking on the door, drawing two smart stops from Bernd Leno. Second half the hosts continued to pin us back after the break but we remained organised although Christian Pulisic did have a goal disallowed for a clear offside after VAR intervened. Hector Bellerin was introduced and immediately shot tamely at goal after a good build-up and play involving Martin Odegaard. The Norwegian then blazed over from a promising position, Chelsea piled forward late on and hit the woodwork twice in succession in injury time but we were rewarded for an excellent defensive effort with a 1-0 win, securing our first double over the Blues since 2003-2004. to
5: 2004.
4: Developing strong young gunners. In this issue, Young Gun, Luigi Gaspar. Match reports. Goals, goals, goals. News around the academy. Remember Matt Macy. Stats Appearance Data. Young Gun Luigi Gaspar. Talking to Aiden Small. Born Rhino Udino, Brazil. March 11, 2004. Year joined Arsenal 2019. Height and weight 177 centimeters and 70 kilos. Position Central Midfield. My life has been surrounded by football for as long as I can remember. I was even born during the invincible season when my dad, Edu, was playing for the first team and I've got so many good memories that we've shared together as a family. I used to love watching my dad play football as a kid and one of my earliest memories is quite a funny story now. It was back in 2008 and my dad was at Valencia. They were about to take the team photo before the game, and that's when I decided to run on the pitch and join them. I just wanted to be part of the team. The security ran onto the pitch, picked me up and took me off. We moved back to Corinthians when I was five, and that's when my football journey really started. All of my friends played football growing up. That's the way it is in Brazil. And obviously because my dad played football too, It's always been something I love and something that's pushed me. For as long as I can remember, I've just loved sports. I used to play a lot of tennis when I lived in Valencia too. I used to play with my friend a few times a week and back then it was only for fun, only for joy and something to do after school. Anyway, I kept playing football for this small team in my local area and one day they hosted this tournament. I was only seven at the time. But the coaches came over to me and my dad and said that it was too easy for me already. I was scoring 20 goals in four games and things like this. So they told me to go to a club and I eventually went to Corinthians for a trial. It was actually for the futsal team first and after the first week they said they wanted to keep me. I stayed there throughout most of my youth career until the speculation started that we would move to England as a family. In that first moment I wanted to stay in Brazil because I had a contract with Corinthians and I was in a really good moment on the pitch. But after some discussions between the two clubs I came to Arsenal on trial for a month and they decided they wanted to keep me. I scored on my first game for the under-16s at the start of the season and a few months later I was offered a scholarship. That was amazing. I felt like I had more pressure on me and that I had to prove myself a little more, because everyone knows who my dad is. But to be fair, I've had this throughout my life. It was like this at Corinthians too, and my family have worked so hard to make sure my head is switched on with these things. It was all about being sensible, measured and mature, because I know some people will think I'm only here because of my dad, but I know that it's down to my football, because a lot of talented players have come to Arsenal on trial and not received an offer, so it's important to remind myself that I've earned my place here. As for my style of play, growing up in Brazil I used to be a striker, but as I got older the coaches started pushing me further back. For a while I was a number 10, and then I was a number 8, but then things changed even more when I arrived here. We had an under-16s game against Chelsea, and my coach played me as a number four. We won 3-2, and I think it was my best game for Arsenal. It changed my life, because it was the moment that Pear gave me a scholarship, and I was so grateful for that. I have since stayed as a defensive midfielder. I ended up playing 17 games in a row for the under-16s, so I was really confident as a player, and I felt like I would improved a lot thanks to my coaches. I love the battles and intensity in the middle of the park, so I'm really happy there right now. Wearing that Arsenal shirt for the first time was amazing. I've grown up my whole life surrounded by the Arsenal badge and seeing my dad's kits at home and on the walls, so to finally have one of my own was special. I was nervous that day, not only to represent Arsenal, but also because English football is so different. It's so much quicker and more physical here, so I knew I had to adapt quick. Scoring after 15 minutes certainly helped me relax. This season I was really hoping to kick on, but I've been really unlucky with injury, and I've only been able to get on the pitch over the past couple of months. I had three injuries this season, and they all happened in the same place, my hamstring. It's been frustrating for me, but there have also been a lot of positives too. In Brazil, we don't do as much gym work compared to England, so during my rehab, I've really used my time wisely to get bigger, stronger and fitter, because I wasn't as strong as some of the other boys when I joined. It's a shame that the season has come to an end just as I'm fully fit, but I was still able to start two games for the under-18s and make my debut for the under-23s. Now I'm desperate to kick on, and in future, who knows, Maybe I can wear the number 17 shirt for the first team, just like my dad did. Rate yourself. Scores out of 100. Speed, 80. Shooting, 85. Dribbling, 70. Strength, 75. Passing, 90. Defending, 80. Luigi Gaspar, lowdown, First footballer I looked up to, Edu. Favourite shirt I've owned. Corinthians Season 2011 Third Kit Best Friend in Football Marcelo Flores Team Supported as a Child Corinthians Best Goal of All Time Neymar Junior Season 2011 in Santos Important Non-Playing Attributes for Young Footballers Be Ready, Work Hard, Because Your Time Will Come Best Player I've Faced Guilherme, Biro, Corinthians Best game I've played, Arsenal under 16, 3-2 win versus Chelsea. Best piece of skill I've done in a game, rainbow flick. Best moment of my career so far, my debut for Arsenal. One stadium I'd like to score in, Emirates Stadium. One type of goal I'd like to score, bicycle kick. If I could completely change position, I'd be a striker. Best training ground tip. Do your job, but be yourself. A player to score, a one-on-one to save your life. Neymar Jr. Another sport I'm good at. padel. Best goal I've scored. Corinthians versus Sao Paulo, 2015, in the top bins. Biggest lesson you've learnt off the pitch at Arsenal. Humility. Me, favourite footballer of all time. Ronaldo, R9. Favourite follow on Instagram, McKevin, stroke, Wesley Alameo. Most played Spotify artist, K Black. Favourite pre-match song, in general I listen to Pagoda or Samba. Best football attribute, passing. One thing I want to do in my football career, win the World Cup. First team player I look up to most, the Brazilian boys. Something not many people know about me. I love playing poker. Around the Academy. We'll definitely make it. Miguel Aziz. Most skills. Omari Hutchinson and Marcelo Flores. Best touch. Charlie Patino. Most committed. Miguel Aziz. Best singer. Me. Funniest. Me. Premier League 2. Friday, May 7th. Rush Green Stadium. West Ham United 2. Ordubico 55, Richards 87, Arsenal 2. Moller 75, penalty. Taylor Hart 90. Arsenal under 23. Smith, Norton Cuffey, Kirk, Mon-Louise, Reckick 76th minute. Bowler, Aziz, Henry Francis, Taylor Hart, Flores, Butler Oyedegi 61. Moller, Balogan subs not used Ejahary Dinsay Lewis Our under-23s maintained their place in the Premier League 2 for another season with a late 2-2 draw away to West Ham Steve Baldside came into this fixture knowing that a point would guarantee safety and thanks to an impressive individual performance from Kido Taylor Hart we were able to secure a share of the spoils deep into stoppage time Marcelo Flores was handed his debut at this level, while Omar Rekik made his first appearance since joining the club in January. The opening 45 minutes proved to be a tightly contested affair, with little to separate the two sides. Nicolaj Moller had the best chance of the first half, as he was picked out by Falarin Bologan, but his powerful header sailed over the bar. Following the restart, we knew that maintaining a nil nil draw would guarantee our safety, but the host started brightly and opened the scoring through Ademipo Odubenko. A corner was whipped into the back post, and West Ham's number nine was on hand to provide the finishing touch. Moments later, Belogan came agonizingly close to an equalizer, curling just round the post, before eventually winning a penalty after being played through on goal by Taylor Hart and forcing a foul from the keeper. Muller stepped up, and made no mistake in finding the bottom corner, sending the keeper the opposite way. We looked set for a share of the spoils as we defended in numbers, and the closing stages approached. But there would be late drama, as Andriy Yarmolenko crossed from the edge of the area, and picked out pierre Equa elimbi who fired into the top corner. By this stage, our safety rested in the hands of results elsewhere. But with one last roll of the dice, Miguel Aziz picked out Alex Kirk at the far post with an inch-perfect delivery. And there was Taylor Hart to convert the knockdown from close range and guarantee safety on the final day of the season. Under-18 Premier League South Tuesday, May 4, Hairland Arsenal 6 Gower 29 Richards, 44, penalty. Bennett, 66, 77. Nawaneri, 88. Louis Skelly, 90. Reading, 1. Ebi Hathomanai, 62. Arsenal, under 18. Kovacevic, Walters, Robinson, Brain, Quamina Bennett, Ibrahim, Roberts, Quesada Thorne, 78. Richards, Gauzier Dubry, 56. Gower, Lewis Skelly, 67. Noaneri subs not used. Green, Telfer. Eight youngsters made their debuts for our under-18s as we beat Reading 6-1 at Hale End. Our entire side was comprised of schoolboys after our involvement in the FA Youth Cup on the Friday night. And there were some outstanding individual performances that will fill Ken Gillard with hope for next season. Alex Kovacevic, Tina Kwamina, Cameron Brain, Mateus Roberts, Jimmy Gower and Aaron Ben were all handed their debuts at this level, while 14-year-olds Ethan Noaneri and Miles Lewis Skelly marked their first appearances with stunning strikes. Despite the lack of experience, we started the game full of confidence and opened the scoring through Gower who forced a mistake from the keeper, then tapped in. Amani Richards then went on to maintain his fine goal-scoring form, doubling our advantage on the stroke of half-time after winning a penalty and duly firing into the bottom corner. Reading pulled one back following the restart, with Kelvin Ahib Hatomahimhan converting from close range. But we soon restored our 2 goal advantage as Ben provided the finishing touch to a lovely team move. He wasn't done there, and with our next sweeping attack, Ben pulled away from his marker before coolly finding the far corner. Our next goal was the pick of the bunch, as Noan Airy curled a stunning effort into the top corner. There was still time for Lewis Skelly to slalom past three defenders, shift the ball out from under his feet, and fire past the keeper, With a ferocious strike Under 18 Premier League South Saturday May 8th London Colney Arsenal 5 Butler Oideji 7 penalty Ideo 31 penalty 86 Cosier Dubry 66 Richards 88 Aston Villa 2 O'Reilly 50 Abeldeen Goodridge 60 Arsenal under 18 Gratzik, Mitchell 46, Walters, Foran, Ave, Jeffcott, Ibrahim, Gaspar, Quamina 70, Sago Jr., Butler Oideji, Kozia Duvery 46, Ideo Richards, subs not used, Robinson. Our under 18s delivered an outstanding attacking performance in the penultimate game of the season to secure a 5 2 victory over Aston Villa. Amani Richards delivered a man-of-the-match display, winning two penalties and converting our fifth of the afternoon, while Nathan Butler-Oideji and Amario Cozier duberi scored their first goals at this level. Schoolboys Bradley Ibrahim and Ruel Walters were also trusted to start. Ken Gillard's side began brightly at London Colney and took the lead after just seven minutes. Riches won a penalty following a slick turn inside the area, and Buckley Oideji duly fired into the bottom corner. It wasn't long before we doubled our advantage, as once again Riches wreaked havoc on Villa's defence with the drop of a shoulder and a turn of pace to force another penalty. This time it was Joel Idaho who scored from 12 yards. It was an impressive first-half performance but in the space of 15 minutes after the restart, Villa drew level. Tommy O'Reilly chipped over the onrushing Remy Mitchell, who replaced Hubert Gradsic at the break, before Tristan Albadine Godridge pounced on a loose ball to equalise. Our youngsters then kept their cool and eventually restored the lead. Ideo fizzed a ball across the face of goal and a deflection allowed it to drop for sub crosier Dubery to fire into the roof of the net. Ideo then went on to score his second of the afternoon before Richards grabbed his reward for an outstanding performance, pouncing on a goalkeeper error to net his third in just three under-18 starts. Under-18 Premier League South Wednesday, May 12th Covham Training Ground Chelsea 1 Haig 68 Arsenal 2 Aziz 16 Henry Francis, 43. Arsenal, under-18. Mitchell, Aigoko, Kirk, Mon-Louis, Ogungbo, Aziz, Henry Francis, Adeo, Richard, 72. Flores, Taylor-Hart, Butler-Oyejeji, Awe, 87. Subs not used. Kovacevic, Jeffcott, Sago Jr. Our under-18s finished their season in style as they ran out 2-1 winners over Chelsea in a London derby at Covham Training Ground. Miguel Aziz ran the show in midfield and scored a stunning solo goal while Jack Henry Francis opened his account at this level on his 18th appearance. Heading into this game unbeaten in our last four league outings, we were full of confidence and opened the scoring after just 16 minutes with a moment of magic from Aziz. Our number 8 picked up the ball just past the halfway line and drove towards the Chelsea goal, skipping past three defenders on the edge of the area before Nutt making his final marker and firing into the bottom right corner. Aziz was involved in another sweeping attacking move just moments later too, pushing forward through midfield and playing in Kiddo Taylor-Hart who twisted and turned before seeing his drilled effort pushed away by Ted Kurt. Kurt then went on to produce another fine diving save, tipping Joel Ahido's powerful effort over the bar after a mazy run. We dominated the first half, creating chance after chance, but we eventually doubled our advantage before the break, with Henry Francis playing a neat one-two with Marcelo Flores and firing past the keeper. The host pull one back in the second half through Joe Haig, who converted a stunning free kick after we gave away a sloppy foul. But our defence stood strong to secure all three points and end the season on a high note. Academy News. Under-18s finish on a high. Our under-18s ended their 2020-21 stroke league season in fine form, going five games unbeaten to climb up to fourth on the final day. Our impressive run started with a 2-1 victory over Chelsea in the London derby, before drawing 1-1 with Leicester City and defeating Reading 6-1 with a squad of schoolboys. This was followed by another emphatic 5-2 victory over Aston Villa and more Derby Day delight as we defeated Chelsea 2-1. Our final position in the table was out of our hands, with Tottenham trailing by three points with a game in hand but they were beaten 3-1 by Leicester City, securing our place in fourth, 16 points behind the champions' Fulham. Ken Gillard's side finished the season with 12 wins and four draws from 24 games, scoring 52 and conceding 45. Best of luck for next season, lads. The next generation. Our Hale End Academy welcomed in their latest crop of under-nines last week as preparations began for the 2021-22 season. This is their first step in academy football and the start of their journey to becoming strong young gunners. A key characteristic that we've seen from the likes of Bukeo Saka, Joe Willock and Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who also joined the club at this age. We would like to congratulate these youngsters on being selected from thousands of talented footballers in and around London, and we look forward to working on their development as players and people over the coming years. Willock's fine form ALN graduate Joe Willock has been in exceptional form for lone club Manchester United in recent weeks, finding the net for the fifth time in as many games during a 4-3 defeat to Manchester City. Midfielder Willock, who played the full 90 minutes, saw his penalty saved by Edison in the 62nd minute. But as always, he was alive inside the penalty and scored the rebound. Prior to this, he'd scored against Tottenham Hotspur, West Ham, Liverpool and Leicester. Willock has scored 11 first-team goals for Arsenal and he's now scored six in 12 games for the Magpies. Keep it up, Joe. Academy alumni, Catching up with former Arsenal Academy players as they continue their pro careers away from Emirates. Matt Macy Arsenal are due to be reunited with our former youth goalkeeper, Matt Macy, in pre-season when we travelled to Scotland to take on Hibernian on July 13th. Matt joined the Scottish Premiership side in a permanent deal in January after nearly eight years with the Gunners. He was just 19 when we signed him from Bristol Rovers in 2013 and he was soon involved in first-team squads on match days, but hadn't made his debut by the time he went on his first loan spell to Accrington Stanley in League Two. At the start of 2017, Matt was back out on loan, this time with Luton Town, before returning to the Gunners and making his first-team debut early in the 2017-18 season. It came in the Carabao Cup win over Norwich at the Emirates and a week later he kept his first clean sheet in a goalless draw with Red Star Belgrade in the Europa League. He was sent back out on loan for 2018-19 when he was a regular starter for Plymouth Argyle, and after winning an FA Cup winner's medal for us in 2020, he signed for Hibs at the start of 2021, making his debut in a 1-1 draw with Celtic. He has played seven times in all this season, as Hibs finished third and secured a place in the FA Cup final, which took place yesterday against St Johnson.
0: Arsenal Women. News and reports from England's most successful women's football team. Arsenal 9. Crystal Palace 0. Joe's final game as head coach will certainly go down as a memorable one as we beat Crystal Palace 9-0 to finish our season to reach the quarter-finals of the Vitality Women's FA Cup. Our head coach will depart North London with an outstanding record of 85 wins in 108 games. And this was yet another thrilling attacking performance that we've come to expect during his time at the club. There was plenty of positive news in our starting 11-2 as Steph Cately made her first start since returning from injury whilst Anne Patton was included in central defence. We made a fast start at Meadow Park and we took the lead just after six minutes. Jordan Nobbs received the ball with her head and back to the goal. Beat her marker with an improvised flick, forcing a foul from the defender and winning a penalty. Kim Little stepped up to make no mistake in finding the bottom corner. Chloe Morgan then went on to make a number of impressive saves, denying Caitlin Ford and Nobbs before Beth Mead broke free down the right and fired back across the keeper to double our advantage. Daniel van de Donk then made it three with just seconds remaining of the first half, applying the finishing touch to the silk counter-attacking move. We stepped things up again in the second half too, and after a fortunate bounce on the edge of the area, the ball dropped to Mariz, who unleashed a powerful strike into the bottom corner with her first Arsenal goal. Nobbs made it five with a thumping finish following some fine footwork from Ford before the substitutes combined as Vivian Menendez latched onto Jill Rude's delivery to head home at the far post. As we approached the last five minutes, we could have easily dropped off and maintained possession without purpose. But that's never really been the Montemurio way. After announcing her departure to Wolfsburg last week, Rude put her name on the score sheet as an Arsenal player just one last time, firing home from close range before Mariz scored her second of the afternoon, applying an all-important touch to the end of the smart team move. We weren't done there. And with just seconds remaining, Kate McCabe stood over a free kick from 20 yards and rifled the ball into the bottom corner. It was an outstanding team performance from start to finish and the perfect send-off for our head coach. The quarter-finals of the competition will be played on Wednesday, September the 29th. Villarreal
5: Report
4: Europa League Semi-Final Second Leg 8pm Thursday May 6th Emirates Stadium Arsenal 0, Villarreal 0 Match Stats Total Shots Villarreal 14, Arsenal 8 Shots on Target Villarreal 1, Arsenal 3 Corners Villarreal 8, Arsenal 5 Offsides Villarreal 1, Arsenal 1 Fouls. Villarreal thirteen, Arsenal six. Possession. Villarreal fifty-six percent, Arsenal forty-four percent. Arsenal number one, Leno. Number two, Bellerin, Substitute, eighty-ninth minute. Number three, Tierney. Substitute, eightieth minute. Number sixteen, Holding. Number twenty-two, Mari. Number seven, Saka. Number eighteen, Partey. Number 11, Odegaard, substitute 66th minute. Number 14, Obameyang substitute 79th minute. Number 32, Smith-Rowe. Number 19, Pepe. Substitutes, Martinelli, 86. Lacazette, 79. Willian, 80. Nicotia, 89. Yellow card. Gabriel, Cedric, Chambers. El Neni, Nelson, Oconquo, Ryan, Villarreal, number 13, Rulli, number 2, Mario, number 3, Albio number 4, Torres, number 5, Parejo, number 11, Chucuzi, substitute, thirtieth minute, number 14, Trigueros, number 18, Coquelin, number 24, Alfonso, Substitute, 89th minute. Number 7, Moreno. Number 17, Alsace. Substitute, 72nd minute. Substitutes, Pino. 30th minute. Substitute, 89th minute. Yellow card. Backer, 72. Gomez, 89. Perez, 89. Mori, Estupinan, Costa, Jimenez, Bena, Robber Nino, Asenjo. First half. It was a cautious, almost nervy approach from both sides early on. The first scare came when Bound Leno had to hurriedly head clear an overhit back pass from Thomas Partey, that almost lobbed his own keeper. But with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's first real involvement, we could have taken the lead. A poor defensive clearance fell straight to the skipper, and his first-time shot beat the keeper, but bounced to safety off the post. Obamiang was then set free by Emil smith Rowe on the counter and his shot nearly squirmed through the grasp of Geronimo Rulli but the Villa Real keeper grabbed it at the second attempt. But in terms of goalmouth action that was about it from a low-key first half. Second half We showed more intent at the start of the second half and Nicolas Pepe fired a low drive wide after being set up by Kieran Tierney smith Rao then missed a great opportunity, lifting his shot just over the bar with the keeper prone on the floor. The visitors were next to threatened. Gerard Moreno shot tamely at Leno. As the game entered the final 15 minutes, we threw more caution to the wind. Substitute Gabriel Martinelli thrashed an effort wide before Obamiang headed against the post. But there was to be no late dramatic winner and we exited in heartbreaking fashion.
3: Arsenal Memorial Canon 2020-2021 In the last home game of every season, we remember those Arsenal supporters who passed away during the course of the campaign. Rest in peace. Arbouf Rogge, Aidan Holder, Alan Reed, Albert Eddie Gregory, Alex Thompson, Alfred Denhart, Alan Andrews, Alan Owen, Alvin New, Andrew Newbold, Andrew Quan, Andrew Westwood, Anita Ailing, Anne Maria Farrell, Anne Hart, Arthur Cunningham, Audrey White, Azra Kamal, Barbara Huntley, Barbara Windsor, Barrington Singh, Barry Huber, Barry O'Neill, Ben Best, Bernard Timms, Bill Saunders, Brian Butlin, Brian Stibbins, Brian Wakeling, Brogan Murray Phillips Townsend, Carol Capon, Charles Barnes, Chris Gibbons, Chris Scott, Christopher Brosnan, Christopher Davis, Christopher John Charles, Cavalier, Claudio Caligari, Connor Scully, Craig Darjeville, Dahu Mefla, Damian Blake, Darren MacDonald, Darren Mayo, David Dave Allen Martin, David Brewer, David Cook, David Ely, David Martin, David Oakenfeld, David Phillips, David Saman, David Soule, David Southam, Dean Phillips, Donald Beard, Donald James, Donald Soule, Dorhe Darman, Edward Sena Yeo Day, Elaine McVeigh, Eric Wilcox, Ethan Bourne, Evans Amadi Ferenich Holler, Frank Day, Gareth Bryant, Gary Beck, Jeff Barnett, Jeffrey Brain, George and Joan Cobbold, George Ashby, George Old, George Sotterio, George West, Godfrey Charles Lowen, Gordon Bremner, Graham Coulson, Graham Curson, Harry Lester, Hazel Chapman, Horace Gooch, Hau Pang, Ian Yeomans, Jack Ronald, Jack Stepansky, Jack Bander Singh Lander, Jane Landon, Jason Ferdinando, Javak Akhtar, Jay Scarborough, Jeetam Patel, Jeremy Hind, Jim Wright, Joe Murphy, John Carroll, John Farrell, John Howes, John Kington, John McKeague, John Tuck, Keith Crust, Keith Tufts, Ken Cording, Ken Goldman, Kenneth Campfield, Kenneth Evans, Kenneth Irish, Kevin Nolan, Kobe Papworth, Chris Kent, Lawrence Considine, Lee Atkinson, Leslie Douglas Layton, Linda Button, Lionel Francis Massetti, Lionel Hayden Dunn, Lord Sachs, Luke Cordellu, Macaulay Wood, Malachi MacSorley, Malcolm Douglas Cridland. Marius Brustad and Lisbeth Neras, Martin Paris Paz, Morris Huntley, Mervyn Mawson, Michael Alatunde Fadeomi, Michael Taylor, Miles Patrick Roche, Nathan Mitra, Nick Taylor, Norman Ames, Paul Marnie, Paul Morris, Paul Rogers, Peter Goy, Peter Richards, Peter Sims, Peter Stilwell, Peter Wingrove, Phil Bone, Philip Bora Quentin Southby, Bill, Rahul Fadness, Rawaz Taha, Raymond Ivan Jessup, Raymond Locke, Reggie Kingsley Mason Rigby, Richard Shannon, Rita Gallagher, Robert Sedgwick, Robert Sharp, Robert Stephen Lawrence, Robert Wilson, Samia Hermy, Sandra White, Sidney Bufoy, Simon Cox, Simon Eden, Simone Palmer, Stephen Halliday, Stephen Stratton, Steve Turney, Stephen Lampney, Stuart Hasler, Ted Archard, Terran Sussex, Terrace Toole, Terry Harmon, Terry Hudson, Thomas James Mashari, Tom Butler, Tommy Doherty, Tony Brown, Tony Doyle, Ursula Pearson, Vic Jolly, Victor Barrett, Violet Devenish, Wadurn John, Wayne Berry, William Earls William Humphrey William Meader, William Saunders Zachary Bygrave Sahari Bin Awang Ngar
0: The Visitors Brighton & Hove Albion Form 1901 Nickname The Seagulls Stadium Farmer Stadium 30750 Honors Second Division Champions Runners Up 1978 79 2016 17 Third Division League 1 Winners 1957 1957- to 1958 2001 2002 2011 Fourth Division League 2 Winners 1964 65 2000 2001 Football League Champions 1909, FA Cup Runners-Up 1983, FA Charity Shield Winners 1910. Owner Tony Bloom. Social Followings. Twitter 411,000. Instagram 420,000. Facebook 505,000. With the fifth successive season in the Premier League, football guaranteed, Brighton and Hove Albion can tick off the 2020-21 season as mission accomplished. Now, they will hope to get to the end of the campaign on a high by beating Arsenal at Emirates Stadium for the second season in a row and avenging their 1-0 home defeat by the Gunners back in late December Only the Seagulls' second loss to Arsenal in the seven encounters since the club's promotion to the top flight as Championship Runners-Up in 2017. Graham Potter's second season as Brighton manager is set to end the same way as his first, with the team playing attractive football but finding victories hard to come by and eventually clawing their way to safety. Only the three relegated teams, Sheffield United, West Brom and Fulham, have managed fewer wins in this Premier League campaign. Although, like several top-flight teams, this is largely a spectator-free season, Brighton have actually posted more victories on the road than at home, with wins at Newcastle, Aston Villa, Leeds, Liverpool and South Coast rivals Southampton. The Seagulls, who did not win the league game at home this season until the end of January when they beat Spurs 1-0, finally got the opportunity to play in front of several thousands of their fans on Tuesday night. It was a thriller at the Amex Stadium, fatal as Potter's team came from 2-0 down to beat champions Manchester City 3-2. This afternoon, they sign off their campaign in front of 10,000 at the Emirates Stadium, hoping to end a run of disappointing form on their travels, which has seen them just take one point of their last four away fixtures. Their only point during the sequence, coming at a 0-0 draw at Chelsea, the other three games all ending in defeat. At Manchester United 1-2, Sheffield United 1-0 and Wolves 1-2. The most recent of these encounters at Mullinex hold particularly unhappy memories as Brighton were 1-0 up before skipper Lewis Dunk was red-carded early in the second half, then conceded twice. The second goal in the 90th minute, which after another player, striker Neil Moupe, was also given his marching orders. Dunk is back from suspension this afternoon when Brighton will hope for better fortune as they close out the season that saw them play three games apiece in the domestic knockout competitions before eliminations by Manchester United in the Carabao Cup, 3-0 at home, and eventually winners Leicester in the FA Cup, 1-0 away. Despite the long-season battle to stay in the Premier League, Potter and his players can be largely satisfied with the 2020-21 campaign and they will be confident in making further progress next season, especially if they can supplement their constructive and adventurous build-up play with some ruthless finishing in front of goal. It should be an interesting summer in the transfer market for that club. Mutual Admiration After arriving from Northern Ireland as a 16-year-old in 1966, Sammy Nelson spent 15 years with Arsenal. The regular left-back through much of the 70s and his compatriot Pat Rice at right-back. Sammy played 339 games for the Gunners, scoring 12 goals. A left-back who loved to get forward very much in the modern style, a young Nelson played two games in the run in the 69-70 Fairs Cup Triumph and was involved in the League Cup matches in 70-71. When firmly established, he played in the 1978, 79 and 80 FA Cup Finals. In the 1980 European Cup Final, Cup Final after the arrival of Kenny Sampson, Nelson left for Brighton and played two seasons at the Goldsmith ground and was part of the squad that reached the Seagulls' one and only FA Cup Final in 1983. Although he wasn't involved in the final or the replay and retired at the end of the 1982-83 season. Capped 51 times by Northern Ireland and a squad member of the 1982 World Cup, he has close links to one of Sussex's most famous sportsmen. Is that his daughter is married to ex Sussex and England wicketkeeper Matt Pryor. Premier League record Arsenal Football Club wins 2, draws 2, Brighton Hove Albion wins 3, Arsenal win percentage 29. All time record AFC wins 13. 4 draws. Brighton Hove Albion wins 5. Arsenal win percentage 59. 9. Brighton didn't win any of their first 9 games against the Gunners, losing 7 and eventually won 2-1 on April tenth, 1982. 15. Brighton have finished in 15th place in two of their three Premier League seasons. They were 17th in 2018. Following their win over Man City on Tuesday, they were in 15th position. The and in Brighton and Hove Album is always written with an Scout Scouting Report by Michael Cox Brighton's second campaign under Graham Potter looks disappointing on paper. The club have only just mathematically confirmed their Premier League survival, but the league table doesn't entirely tell the story of the Seagulls' campaign. Brighton have continuously been let down by wasteful finishing, often to a barely believable extent. Indeed, those who place a big emphasis on the expected goals metric, essentially a shot statistic that takes into account the position of the shots, suggests that Brighton are the fifth best side in the Premier League at creating goal scoring opportunities and denying them to their opponents. All that, of course, is futile with poor finishing. Potter is a serial formation switcher, and has tended to use three main defenses this season. Lewis Dunk continues to be the city's most dependable defender, whilst Ben White, who also played in midfield under Potter, generally plays to the right with six foot seven Dan Byrne to the left, although he is featured as a marauding wing back at times with Adam Webster playing in the middle. Potter has occasionally used the very unusual approach of his wing backs asking them to drift inside to become central midfield in possession, rather than overlapping down the flanks. This means that sometimes used midfielders like Pastel Gross and Jacob Moda in those roles, in part because its first-choice duo, Tancrick Lamprey and Solly March, have been out-injured for long periods. On other occasions, he has used Bunn and Joel Velman, a natural fallback with wing-backs that drift inside. This gives licence to Potter's wide forms to remain out on the flanks rather than moving inside the middle. In midfield, Potter often use Adam and Vies, combination of Lallana and Biskrama, with the former pushing forward to create from between the lines, and the latter holding his position, more of dictating play from the front of the defence. Gross is another option, dictating play, because... Stephen Ales is a very versatile player, capable of playing the centre role, with Alex Mac also an option. Going forward, Potter has tended the name of consistent front three in recent weeks. Tossard usually plays a tricky elute role between the lines, trying to play passes in between the two strikers. Mulpe has also been the biggest culprit in Brighton's season of missed opportunities. But Danny Welbeck has managed four goals in the last couple of months with his finishes against Leeds and West Ham being particularly impressive. Potter has other attacking options. Djagobanski is also comfortable playing from the right whilst Aaron Conley adds extra speed up front. With survival now secured and perhaps a wider range of tactical options than anyone else in the Premier League, Potter might use this final day as an opportunity to simply have some fun.
4: Crystal Palace report Premier League match day 37, 7 pm, Wednesday, May 19th, Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace 1, Benteke 62, Arsenal 3, Pepe 36, 90 plus 5, Martinelli 90 plus 1. Match stats total shots. Crystal Palace 12, Arsenal 6 Shots on target Crystal Palace 6, Arsenal 3 Corners Crystal Palace 6, Arsenal 7 Offsides Crystal Palace 3, Arsenal 2 Fouls Crystal Palace 7, Arsenal 7 Possession Crystal Palace 31%, Arsenal 69% Crystal Palace 31, Guaita Two Ward, twenty four Cahill, five Tompkins, twenty seven Mitchell, twenty two McCarthy, substitute, eighty second minute, eight Kuate, fifteen Schlup, yellow card, ten Townsend, twenty Penteke, substitute, seventy ninth minute, yellow car, eleven Zahar, substitute, Redevelt. 82nd minute. Butland, Kelly, Van Anholt, Klein, Raksakil, Ave, 78, Mateta, Batschoy, Arsenal, 1, Leno, 21, Chambers, 16, Holding, 6, Gabriel, 3, Tierney, substitute, 78th minute, 18, Partey, substitute, 78th minute, 25, El Neni, yellow card, 7. Saka, substitute, 65th minute. 32. Smith-Rao. 18. Pepe. 14. Aubameyang. Substitutes. Odegaard, 85. Ryan, Cedric, Mari. Saka, 78. Ceballos, Willian, Lacazette. Martinelli, 78. First half. We dampened the spirits of the 6,500 fans with slick passing and movement early on, delivering a number of dangerous crosses. There was controversy when Jeffrey Schlupp was booked for an over-the-top tackle on Callum Chambers, and while VAR reviewed the incident, no further punishment was forthcoming. We continued to push on, but soon Bound Leno was called into action to save from James Tompkins and Schlupp, while Christian Benteke blazed a header over the bar for Palace but just as it looked like the home side would take control, we made the breakthrough as superb interplay between Bukayo Saka and Kieran Turney saw the latter cross for Nicolas Pepe, who volleyed home. Second half Benteke glanced one over the bar seconds into the second half, but just after the hour mark, the Belgian equalised as he headed in from a free kick. The eagle started to pile on the pressure. Jordan Arway forced a save from Leno with a close range header While seconds later, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang Poked Chambers' cross wide at the other end We needed a goal to maintain a chance of playing in Europe next season And in the 91st minute it arrived As Martin Odegaard swung in a cross And fellow sub Gabriel Martinelli raced in to score Pepe sealed the win with a twisting run inside the box and a cool finish
3: Teams for Arsenal Manager Mikel Arteta Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and socks. 1. Ben Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 6. Gabriel. 7. Puke Osaka. 8. Dani Sabayos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette 11. Martin Odegaard 12. William, 13. Alex Runasson, goalkeeper 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Thomas Party 19. Nicolas Pepe 21. Callum Chambers 22. Pablo Mori Twenty-three David Lewis, twenty-four Reese Nelson, twenty-five Mohammed El thirty Eddie Enkitia, thirty-two Emil Smith Row thirty-three Matt Ryan goalkeeper, thirty-four Granite charka thirty-five Gabriel Martinelli, thirty-eight Fullerin Balligan forty-one Ben Contral, sixty-six Miguel Aziz. For Brighton, manager Graham Potter, blue and white shirts, blue shorts and white socks. Two Tarek Lamti, three Ben White, four Adam Webster, five Lewis Dunk, six Michael Cabanich, seven Aaron Connolly, eight Eve Bisuma, nine Neil Marpe ten Alexis McGallister eleven. Leandro Trossard thirteen Pascal Gross, fourteen Adam Lalana, fifteen Jakob Muda, sixteen Alireza Yahambash, seventeen Stephen Alzate, eighteen Danny Welbeck, nineteen Jose Iskieru, twenty Sonny March, twenty one Florin Andoni twenty two Percy Tau. 23. Jason Steele, goalkeeper 24. Davy Proper 25. Moises Caicedo 26. Robert Sanchez, goalkeeper 29. Andy Sikiri 31. Christian Walton, goalkeeper 33. Dan Byrne 34. Joel Veltman 67. Redo Cadre Match Officials Referee John Moss Assistant Referees Mark Perry, Timothy Wood Fourth Official Dean Whitestone VAR Simon Hooper Assistant VAR Derek Eaton Today's other fixtures. All games kick off at 4pm. Aston Villa vs Chelsea Fulham vs Newcastle United Leeds United vs West Bromwich Albion Leicester City vs Tottenham Hotspur Liverpool vs Crystal Palace Sheffield United vs Burnley Manchester City vs Everton West Ham United vs Southampton Wolverhampton Wanderers vs Manchester United The Arsenal Foundation Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport
4: It's time to step up your cyber protection. Get hashtag cyberfit with Acronis. Learn more. Acronis, official partner of Arsenal.
3: Reconnect in comfort and safety. Fly better. Our A380 is back in the skies. So let's get back to the things we've missed. Fly to your next destination with confidence, knowing that your health and safety is our top priority at every step. And we'll even give you free COVID-19 cover while you're away. Emirates, Arsenal official partner.
1: Arsenal, our home. New 2020 21 Home Kit. On sale in store and online.
2: And online. And online. And online.
4: Premier League. Official Premier League app. Manage your fantasy team and receive the latest Premier League updates. Free to download. Download on the App Store. Get it on Google Play, available at Amazon.